Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of She's in Tech. I am one of your hosts today. I'm Maria Loza. I am a software engineer over at Picnic. About three years of professional experience. I still feel pretty uh, new into the industry, but very excited still of learning about anything. And you can find me on Twitter using my handler at this underscore underscore Maria. Hi, everyone. I'm Daisy Nolan. I'm another host. I am a front-end software engineer at Trainual, and I talk a lot about accessibility. So if you want to connect, you can follow me on Twitter at Daisy underscore Nolan. Hi, everyone. I'm Shonda Person. I'm a senior software engineer at Netflix. Started with Netflix a couple months ago, and I've been in engineering for just a couple years now. I am also a lead for the React Robins group, which is a group dedicated to women and non-binary folk who identify as React enthusiasts or JavaScript enthusiasts. So if you're looking to be part of an amazing community, go to reactrobins.com. You can also find me on Twitter, my first name at Shandai, S-H-A-U-N-D-A-I. Would love to chat with you there. Thank you. I was actually just typing that in because I want to join a good community for React. That's one of the technologies I'm working on right now. And it's, it's always something awesome to learn about every single day. And it's also a little dis- discouraging to not be part of an awesome community and be like, I have a stupid question. Where do I? Yeah, that's <laughs> <perfect>. react based. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, definitely join. We would love to have you. We have meetups like once a month. Thank you. Oh, neat. Okay. I'll do that. Our sponsor today is this.labs a best-in-class consultancy specializing in staff augmentation, architecture support, and leadership, and training for startup and enterprise organizations. Find out more at this.labs.com or send us an email at hi at this.co. Circling back to yourself, could you talk about how you got into the industry, to the tech world? Yeah, so I've had a, a journey. I actually started my career in sales, and how I got into sales was When I went to undergrad, my passion was entrepreneurship. And what I thought I wanted to do was become a fashion designer. And I wanted to go to school for fashion design. And so my mom, who was a guidance counselor at a high school at the time, said politely, I will not pay for your college if you go to school for fashion design. So I was like, all right, well, I want to have a fashion design business. So I'm going to go to school for business, majored in entrepreneurship. And I loved it. And then one of my professors, who was an adjunct professor who had never worked for anybody in his life, told me that the best way to understand what it's like to be an entrepreneur is to do a commission-only sales job. So that kicked off my sales career. And I found that I was really... I was really good at it. And before that, I was... There's this big stereotype with sales is you think of the person who's knocking on doors selling vacuum cleaners or the person who is pestering you, cold calling you, and never listening to you when you say no, there's a whole other world to sales. And it's a career based on soft skills. And so I was able to leverage a lot of the things that I had learned as a communicator, a speaker, and also fine tune a lot of the skills that I had being able to collaborate with other people to find a common goal and to mobilize everybody to, to meet to meet that goal and organize cross-functional teams. So like I was doing a really good job in sales. I had some stereotypes about engineering as well. When I look back on it, I was like, man, why didn't I see these signs this, this whole time? There were so many things that I loved about engineering that I didn't connect to engineering. I loved solving problems. I loved puzzles. 
I loved communicating, um, which is a big part of engineering that people don't don't know about. But I had these stereotypes in my head that engineers just sit in these dark rooms. They're men, um, men with glasses, and they <laughs> drink Diet Coke and <laughs> just the yeah, just the stereotypes going on. So it wasn't me. And I was like, and they don't communicate with other people. They just sit in these dark rooms. They don't talk to anybody else. They're very socially awkward. By the way, I am very socially awkward myself, but I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that. So I steered as far as I could. It wasn't until 2015 when I decided to pursue my passions for entrepreneurship and I dropped out of the workforce to start my own business that I found that I was really interested in coding. And how it happened was my company was an online company powered by Shopify. Part of it was me knocking on doors and selling these organic products, like basically anything you would find in Whole Foods. And But the part that I... I, I was good at that part, the, the selling of it. But the part that I loved the most was learning Liquid, which is Shopify's Ruby-based language, to customize my site. And it got to the point where people were like, could I pay you to customize my site? Like, how did you do that? And I was like, oh gosh, like I could get paid for that. Like, this is this is kind of what web development is for me. But at the same time, I still had this idea in my head that I needed to go back to school or something. And I was well down the, the path of business. I had an MBA by that time. And I was, there's so many student loans, so much time invested. So I didn't want to give up on sales and start something new. And when I was actually... Shortly after maternity leave, I saw an ad for Codecademy and underneath the ad was a comment and someone said, so you you don't need to have a degree to be an engineer. I'm an engineer and I'm self-taught like I use Codecademy. And I was like, oh, well, let me just see how how it goes. Like, let me pick it up as a hobby. And I gave myself a half an hour every day to 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 try it and just to dip my toe in the water while I still was a parent and managed my sales career. And I loved it so much that I would put my kid to sleep and I would spend like four to five hours. I'd be up to like one or two in the morning and time would just go go by without me realizing how much time I was spending on it. And I was like, man, okay, sales is the safe path only because it's the path that I've known. But engineering seems to be the path that I love. And I can also make money doing this. So that makes it safe too. So from that point, I decided I was going to try and get into engineering, learn to code at night. I'm self-taught and was able to, at the company that I was at previously before Netflix, I interviewed for a position. I was on their sales team. I interviewed for a position on engineering and got the job and the rest is history. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm a career swapper too. And I'm also self-taught. However, I'm not a parent. So the fact that you balanced a job being a parent and that amazing. So my question is, what kind of struggles did you face like getting into tech, having a different background, but also what kind of things did your sales background give you that were that made you like ahead of your competition? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. So the things, the ways that I was challenged was just like you said, time. Time was a big challenge because I was balancing a newborn to like age two. Kids, they don't know how to take care of themselves, sadly, when they come out. (laughs) So a lot of my time was spent managing that. And I'm a single parent as well. I was became a single parent. My son was like about to be two. So a good amount of that time was trying to do it on my own. Also trying to balance it during a global pandemic 
while I'm working this sales career, which is paying the bill. So I need to be able to do a good job at it. Sales isn't one of those careers that you just kind of, you just show up and things just happen. Like it's very demanding and you're on all the time. So, so that was tough. It took this, I call it this maniacal level of prioritization. I had to outline, these are my top priorities and I could only pick three or four max. These are my top priorities. And then this is all I can do. So I had to cut out a lot of things, friendships, Netflix, sadly, <laughs> Netflix wasn't on my radar at the, at, that, at the time, but I couldn't watch movies, cut out Netflix for the most part. And I was just heads down focused on learning to code in any spare moment that I got. I would, on my commute to work, I'd be listening to podcasts so that I could get immersed however I could. The team meetings, I was on my phone playing coding games, any spare second. I had. So I would say that time was the most difficult aspect of things because of my sales career. And so we're getting into the benefits of it. Because of my sales career, I did have a lot of advantages. And the big thing was communication. Actually, yeah, so communication and being able to really prioritize and be strategic about my time. So in sales, you have what you get on your day one of a, any sales job is you get basically a universe of accounts that you can target. And they say, okay, we'll give you like a thousand different accounts. We're going to give you a number that you have to hit. You have to figure out how you're going to sell to these different accounts, which like departments you're going to sell to and how you're going to make that money in. And so you have to be strategic and kind of organize your list and say, okay, this is where I think the highest uh, potential is. And so this is where I'm going to spend the majority of my time. Or this is my tier two. And these are the ones that I'm going to be if they, you know, if they come in, I'll I'll just be kind of semi-reactive, but I might do like a webinar for them or something like that. And so I learned how to just like cut out the fat and really focus my time on the things that brought in the highest money. And that was how I hit my quota consistently. So what how I brought that over to this journey was that I was able to be really selective in the way that I saw things and be strategic in the way that I had my conversations. And so if I saw somebody has the potential to give me an opportunity, not give me an opportunity, to open the door for me to take advantage of an opportunity, I would spend a strategic strategic time with them. If I if I had them in the room for 10 seconds, I'm going to, that's not going to be, hey, how are you? It's going to be, Hey, listen, I'm learning to code and I can kick ass at it. Do you want to see the app that I built? Or let me, let me find out more about your journey. Like, can I get more time on your calendar? Sorry, can I say ass on this, on this podcast? (laughs) I I guess so now. (laughs) I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> um, they say it. They say it on like uh, on regular TV, on like CBS and ABC. So okay, yeah. yeah, let's 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 roll with it. Okay, cool. So I won't say it again, but it's there. It's there now, twice. So <laughs> I'm gonna kick butt, and so you t- <laughs> you you need to have me on your calendar. And so like I was very strategic, and I got a lot of comments about like how quickly I was able to move up the ranks in engineering because I was always strategic about my time and making sure that I had the conversations with the right people. Along with that is I have really good communication skills because I'm used to communicating with all different types of people. But in general, the people that I was selling to are C-suite executives in sales. So there's a lot of egos, but also people are very different from me. That's pretty much all white men. (laughs) And I needed to be able to communicate things in a way that say, okay, yes, I know that you are 
this 60-year-old white man who's been successful your entire life. None of your friends look like me. None of your friends are my age, but you should listen to me and you should buy my product because I know what I'm talking about. So that takes a lot of, it takes a lot of skill in being able to break down these biases that people either know they have or don't know that they have. And I'm going to use the word manipulation. It's not like, not in a bad way, but being able to listen for the things that people aren't saying so that you can respond in a way that they receive in the best way. And it's hard to explain. So like, say somebody has no idea, but they, in general, they have these these thoughts about what a Black woman can tell me about how to do my job better. A young Black woman would say, you know, she's in her early 20s or something. I have to communicate in more of a gentle style that gives that person room to kind of tell me, oh, this is all the stuff that I know about everything. And I'm like, yeah, 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 great. I'm learning a lot of stuff. I'm learning a lot of stuff. And then flip that on them and say, okay, now that you've told me all that stuff that you know, here's what I've learned. And here's why what I have to offer is what exactly what you need. And so I was able to have all of these different conversations with different people and strategically like listen for everything that they say in order to get to the goal that I wanted. All that to say, in engineering, when I was trying to make my way in, I'd have conversations with people, all different kinds of people. And I was using those same skills, like being able to communicate things in the right way. It takes a lot of practice, but able to communicate things in the right way and then also be fearless about it. Like if I'm used to getting told no, I mean, you never get really get used to being told no, but I've been told no once or twice. And so I kind of let that roll off my back and I'm very open and welcoming to getting feedback on how I could do better or the things that I could be doing to put myself in the best position. So I think a lot of that is things that people have a harder time with that gave me a leg up. And I completely, I feel like communication and adapting to the environment, right, is one of the skills, two skills that doesn't get spoken quite often when it comes to the tech world. And it's honestly two of the most important skills to survive in the tech world, uh, especially if you're uh, new, a female, and surrounded with other males and no support system, right? And in your opinion, so communication and adapting is extremely important. And it's very saddening to see that not a lot of people talk about it. And when it is, I don't feel like the other person who's listening is grasping how important it is. So to hear you explain it so amazing. It's I thank you. <laughs> so thank you so much. And to also hear your story that, you know, college isn't necessary. And again, it's very discouraging because I, I ended up going to college for computer science and none of the teachers really emphasize, hey, you don't need a degree. And working now at some two, three companies professionally for programming, you can very much see that you don't need a degree. And it's so frustrating that no one like at school or, you know, someone just tells you, you don't need it. This is exactly like good point is if you go to a job description, it does say like, you know, oh, computer science degree. But then I feel like they ignore the fact that it says or equivalent experience. And I love companies that, you know, express that because to me, that shows that they understand there's no need for that. I mean, come if if you have the experience, go for it. If you're like a junior dev, I, I always like tell them to apply because it's that enthusiasm and that knowledge and that hunger, right? That you just, that makes you just as a 
powerful developer, you know, compared to a senior. So your story was like everywhere for me. Thank you. Oh, good. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, this is actually going to be one of my picks, but there's a book that I've been reading called Range by David Epstein. And part of it, I think the subtitle is How how generalists succeed in a specialized world or, or something like that. But it just talks about how to leverage all of the different skills that you've learned from different places that you've been and experiences that you've had to benefit you. So I did that in sales and the book kind of reinforced. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was doing. But it just articulated it in a different way. But if you're a junior, if you're straight out of college or you're straight out of high school or something, you do have experiences that will help you to on the next step in your journey, whether it's at Netflix or whether it's at the agency down the street or or where or if you're going into marketing or something different in in tech, you have skills that will benefit you. So that's a big thing that I want people to understand is that that degree, it's something. It's definitely something. So congrats on getting that um, degree, Maria. It's thank you. But yeah, it's not it's not the only way to get into tech. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast. And you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv. And I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. And I think so many people look at their backgrounds and say, well, that's not going to equivalent to like anything in tech. I mean, my, my background, I used to teach special ed while I was in college and my degrees in communication. So I was like, how is this going to tie in with tech? But I'm passionate about accessibility and I've seen how it affects people. So every experience that you have in your life, most likely, like you can tie that into your job. It's those soft skills, whether it's your, you know, your parent and you're juggling, you have to multitask. That's going to go into your career. So definitely, you know, there's so many different avenues, boot camp, self-taught, getting a degree. The important thing is, is find out how you work best. It was a real struggle for me to, to think about doing a boot camp because I do have a learning disability and I know that they are really quick in those. And so I was like, you know what? I think self-taught is going to be better for me because I can, you know, set my pace. But yeah, never, you know, don't think that you can't get into the industry because you don't have that background. You're going to be surprised at what you can bring to the table and have a new perspective. Yeah. I love that you had that knowledge about yourself going in. And that's, I didn't think about that until you just said that. But when some people, like people will ask me, so do you recommend the self-taught route just like you did? And I'm like, I don't, like, I don't know you enough to know whether it's right for you. It was right for me because I needed, I could only 
work from 10 p.m. until 2, 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. in the morning, right? And, you know, Daisy, for you, you you recognize that you have this certain learning style that's different from what would make you successful if you did the the boot camp route. I also knew that I didn't want to spend more money on college after I have like tens of thousands of dollars in student loans now. So so that was a big factor. And I just I wasn't sure if I wanted to commit a hundred percent. So that was why that was why the self-paced, self-taught route was the best for me. Yeah, that's a it's a question that when I get asked is a terrifying question because I get flashbacks of my intro to programming class. And it's the, if you're lucky, you get the right professor that you hear from other students. It's like, oh, if you get that guy, you know, it's great. But if you get the other professor, then you're not really too thrilled. And I've seen a lot of students end up just completely switching majors because of that professor. And I don't want to be that person where I destroy the joy of programming. So it's always, well, you know, it just depends on how you like it. You know, I hear boot camp is super fast, you know, self-taught. Do you enjoy teaching yourself and, you know, really motivating yourself? Or do you prefer just going to school and getting those assignments? But each of them has their pros and cons. And that's what I love about the, the fact that we can get into the industry any way that we we prefer. I do want to ask a question. You mentioned earlier that you're working at Netflix and that's such a, in my books, a big accomplishment because from what I hear, Netflix is, Jesus, it's it's competition to get in there, right? Even just, just get a email from anyone, right? So is there any advice that you would love to give to you know our listeners, especially since hearing your stories, just it makes it. I feel like it's possible to start at any level and get to anywhere that you want, and your story really makes that true. Oh, thanks. See, I'm gonna hold on to that. I, that's <laughs> such a nice thing to say. So yes, I do. I have I have a lot of advice, and I want to caveat that with this with this is what worked for me. And I'm just telling my story. So I'm not by any means saying that this is the only way to get in. I think my story is unique, just like everybody else's story is unique. Some things that I really did to stand out was, again, I was very strategic about it. And I know that my sales career has put me at an advantage because I'm comfortable putting myself out there and I'm comfortable hearing no. So here's one piece of advice is, this is something that I'm practicing every day, but one of my biggest struggles in life has always been perfectionism. And I cannot, like, I have to do everything by the book because everybody, somebody said so. Like somebody said, this is the right way to do it. And this is exactly how I have to do it. So how it would work if this was maybe five years ago is somebody would have told me, just put the idea in my head. Somebody who's never been at Netflix, somebody who's never spoken to somebody at Netflix would have said, hey, you need to be an engineer for five years before you can go apply at Netflix. And so that would have stuck in my head. And I would have thought, okay, well, this is my path. I need to wait five years before I even think about having a conversation with anybody at Netflix. And when I do have that conversation, I need to have all of my ducks in a row, everything aligned perfectly, never have put a bug in any production code or anything like that. Never had a a bad review and never had like my code that I, I pushed out have to get pulled back or reverted. So what I've been working on over the past, yeah, probably two years so or so is being more comfortable putting myself out there 
as is and like getting feedback on not just positive feedback. Cause that was like, I'd be, I used to say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm great with feedback, but it had to be positive feedback. It had to be, yep, Shonda, you're perfect. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. Right. Cause I worked hard, but now I'm more comfortable with somebody telling me like, you know what, this isn't right. And then I'll, I'll fish for more feedback. Like, okay, well, what isn't right about it? Like, what could I have done to improve? Or even if it is something that I'm pretty proud of being open to somebody telling me that, you know, you could have did a little bit better and asking them like, why, like, what is it about this? Or if you are someone who's interviewing me at Netflix, like what other things would you like to see? And so my conversations, this was when I was first starting, first trying to get into engineering. My conversations were just me putting things out there, very imperfect, like very rough drafts of things. And I would say, okay, hey, DCM, I have this project that I'm working on. This is like a a little app that does, it's a to-do list app. This is where I'm at so far. I'm not really stuck anywhere, but what do you think about, like if I showed this to you and you were interviewing me, what areas do you think I could, what could I add to this to make it something that you would be like, oh, Shande, we need to hire you. And I would just leave the question as open as that. And you got, like, I got so many different answers from people who said, okay, well, technically I would want to see your code cleaner to people who say, you know what, the app is actually perfect, but what I want you to do is figure out how to articulate it so that people know that you know what you're talking about. Like they, they know that you're grasping the concepts and not just like copy and pasting code somewhere. So I learned a lot. Like I made it a goal for myself to have conversations with a different engineer every week, just invite somebody out for coffee and either talk to them about their journey, say, Hey, Maria, I know that you've done a lot. So I want to understand how you got into tech and what you did. And by the way, I'm also working on this app and just get some feedback from you. And I had like all of these different and interesting conversations that helped to guide my strategy. So the kind of way to wrap that thought up is that I was communicating with people. I was asking a lot of questions. I was soliciting feedback, negative feedback as well. And I was putting myself out there. And that's the big thing is just putting yourself out there. And putting yourself out there not only helps you to have these conversations with people like about the specific projects that you're working on, but also it helps you to learn things by having people ask you questions. And what I'm specifically talking about is like, I would, if I wanted to learn something, I would tell myself I wanted to teach teach it to somebody else. And it sounds kind of backwards, but I would say, okay, I want to learn TypeScript. I want to learn TypeScript. So I'm going to teach a course on TypeScript. And that is how I would learn is like, I would be forced to put myself out there, (laughs) be very imperfect, get a lot of feedback and a lot of questions. And I would learn that concept. And I would learn it so thoroughly that I could explain it to somebody who had never seen TypeScript before. And so this was all, yeah, these are all parts of my advice. It's just like the main thought is be comfortable being imperfect, just putting things out there. Don't feel like you need to know everything to get somewhere. Like how how I always move to the next step was just throwing whatever I had out there and asking people to ask me questions about it. And it led to all of these unique conversations and thoughts and ideas and partnerships and friendships so much. So if it, w- if it wasn't for me just letting go of all that perfectionism and thought that I need to do something exactly the way that somebody else told me to do it, I wouldn't be where I am. Definitely not so quickly. I agree with that advice like 100%. So when I was learning uh, engineering, so my husband's an engineer, that's how I got into it. And so my idea was to reach out to other engineers, a bunch of our friends, his coworkers, and say, hey, can you look at this project? 
and like tell me, you know, what you think. I would rather them point out a bug to me than on an interview and then them point it out. Actually, funny story. I have a, have a game tracker and I have a combat button and it's an icon. However, I made the icon clickable, but you can't tell it's a button. It's not accessible. People don't know it exists until they are looking at my screenshots in my readme and they see that you can go into combat mode. And they're like, how to do this? So I was glad that some someone on Twitter actually uh, told me about it because I was so proud of my project that I posted it and they told me. But I wasn't upset because like I said, I'd rather fix that ahead of time. But also in the real world, you're going to get your code looked at. You're you're going to have people suggest edits and you kind of have to have that thick skin and get used to that. It's all a part of the learning process. It's not that they're trying to be mean. It's they're trying to make you better. Another thing that you mentioned that really stuck out was, oh my goodness, it was the last thing that you said. Oh, about um, teaching to help learn. I was wanting to learn TypeScript. And so it, what I did was I taught a TypeScript for beginners course when I was a junior. And a couple months later, I applied for a uh, React engineering role that wanted TypeScript. And in that interview, I had so much like knowledge from that class because I researched so much. So yes, definitely agree with all of that. And I just want to say too, I can tell that you come from a sales experience because you made me feel very personal. You added some personal touches using my name. Like I started grinning. I was like, oh man, like I feel so special. So I I imagine you do that in the interview. And if you do, the interviewers are probably like, wow. Because just that little touch, it goes a long way. Just just say, love that. That's so funny. Yeah, the, it's a sales trick. <laughs> There's no, I forget what the phrase is. There's no more beautiful sound to a person than their name. So if you're using that person's name, if you learn, and I'm giving you guys like, you know, the deep secrets of, of sales. But yeah, if you, <laughs> if you learn people's families' names too, like, and then you ask about it in the next session that you have with somebody like, Oh, Maria, you have a dog named Pancake. Like, how's Pancake? And, you know, I asked by, for Pancake by first name. You'll remember that. And you'll remember that I remember that. And so that's something that's important to me, too, is if somebody remembers how to pronounce my name or if somebody doesn't remember how to pronounce my name, I remember that. And I can give you the list that I have in my head because I still remember of all the people who cannot pronounce my name. After so many years of knowing them, it just means the world when you care enough to, about somebody to use their name and their family's name. Yeah. Their dog's Which name. I will I will say I have a unique name as well. I would rather you ask me how do you pronounce your name rather than you getting it wrong. So for those that are interviewing with people or meeting someone, just ask them like, oh hey, how do you pronounce that again? They're not gonna be upset. They'd rather have that. But kind of also going back to the the making those those connections about, you know, learning Maria's dog is pancake, which Maria, I don't even know if you have a dog, but I do not. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I might call it pancake if I do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I did sales for a couple of months. So I'm not even going to pretend to like, no, I was not good at it. It takes, <laughs> takes a lot of skills that I just didn't have. But the one thing I did learn is we had what it was called, I think it's the four P's. Persistence pays professional people and to be persistent. Now, some people will say, oh, well, it's annoying. 
I say follow up. It takes what I've learned in sales was it takes like between like three to five asks before someone will say yes. And I also uh, was a fundraising director for a big nonprofit. So it was kind of the same thing. Mm. You want to stay on top of mind. There's a saying, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So when I leave an interview, I send a follow up message thanking the people that interviewed. If I don't have them, I email the recruiter saying, Hey, I just want to extend my gratitude to so and so for taking the time to interviewing uh, with me. And like, either they'll say, Oh, wait, here's their email. So you can send it to them or they'll, you know, do that for me. I always try to think of something that they've mentioned in our conversation and send them either links or even like make a little sentence, you know, just like, you know, if it was Maria, oh, Maria, this was that product I was talking about for pancake in the interview. Really great. It doesn't have to be like, this is my portfolio piece. Like I send people like YouTube clips. Oh, hey, this is that YouTube, uh, like TED talk that I mentioned in the interview. It really does go a long way. They respond to me and say, Oh, thank you so much. I've even had it to where it wasn't me directly, but somebody, my old manager was interviewing people, forgot the person's name that he wanted to hire. He could not figure it out. And he's like, Okay, well, I guess we're just going to hire the next person. The woman kept following up, followed up, And was thankfully, because then he was like, Oh, yeah, you're the one. It was really crazy. I mean, very weird instance. But I mean, persist, be persistent. Yeah, it's gonna help. And then if you do get rejected, I always like to follow up with Oh, thank you so much. Is there anything that uh, I could work on to make me a better candidate in the future? That's gonna go a long way. Again, it's that feedback, finding out what you can work on, or, you know, maybe why they didn't hire you. So you can go back to the drawing board and say, Great, I need to work on my TypeScript or my CSS. So yeah, that as well. Agreed. I'm gonna take your idea to the next level with uh, follow up. So here's another little tip. I've used this in a couple of talks that I've given. There's this one talk that I give called Standing Out as a Non-Traditional Applicant. And basically what it is, is right now three ways that I leveraged my sales skills to stand out as an applicant, an engineering applicant. The last one is using video. And so video is, I forget what the exact statistic is, but as I was like cold calling, right, my competition is both the direct competitors, like the the other companies that have the same exact offering, but also anybody who wants this, the attention of whoever I'm emailing. So my goal is to get their attention. And then when I have their attention with a message to stand out with whatever I'm offering, the way that I did that was using video. And what video does is, especially in this pandemic world right now where everybody's remote, it brings that human connection to the conversation. It like being face to face with somebody causes them to trust you and they're paying more attention to you than they would to any other thing that's going on in their inbox. And it takes you from just that resume, that name on the paper resume to somebody who is human, who has a personality, who is nuanced, who remembers their dog's name and they can see like the smiles and the expressions. And I guarantee you that nobody else, no other, no other candidates, unless they're listening to this podcast right now. I mean, they might, but like they are not doing this. But what I would do is there are two different types of video that I'd use in the, in the interview process. Don't use both in the interview process, pick one, but 
One is the either the intro or the thank you video. And so in this video, that's where you would do the stuff that you talked about, Daisy, where you're like using, okay, thank you for the interview. Remember we talked about this or, you know, you're laughing about a joke that you connected on in the conversation and you're saying, okay, just reiterating, I'm good for this job because this, this, and this. Or if it's an intro, hey, this is just me showing that I'm human. Two to three minutes where I'm just like, hey, I'm Shande. You're about to get an email that has my resume in it in my portfolio. Just wanted to call out your attention on this one project that I worked on. You mentioned in a blog post that you're really interested in unicorns. This project is about unicorns. So I know you're going to love it. And it just shows that you're human and that you've given it some attention. And I'm using your name like, hey, Maria, like this is all about you. And I took the time to make this video. And trust me, it takes you a minute, but that person is not going to forget it. They're not going to go through their, t- their stack and be like, oh, I forgot the name of the person who I really wanted. That's one option. The other option is to do a demo video. And so this is where you walk the person through one of your portfolio projects and you say, hey, here is my unicorn project from the perspective of the user. So we're going to walk through and I'm going to show you user how you would use this tool that like generates unicorns all across your screen. This is the thought that I went into it because you can guarantee if somebody's going through like 200 resume or even 20 resumes, right? And through their portfolios, they're not going through every single line of code to understand from a accessibility perspective, this is what Daisy cares about. Or from a UX perspective, this is what Maria is really intently focused on, or this is where she made these certain trade-offs and this is the way her brain thinks. So this is all the stuff that you need to articulate in that video. And that's what's going to help you to stand out. Now they're saying, okay, she's not only somebody who can code, she's somebody who understands what she's doing. She has a thought process. She had a strategy when she was putting this project together. And this is what she's going to bring to the table when she comes over to Netflix is like, she's the one that's she can understand what the customer is actually, the customer loves unicorns and she knows customers love unicorns. And she is going to be after doing the digging to figure out what's important to the customer. She can articulate it and say, okay, this is why the customer needs it and how to use it. And also on the back end, like she's giving all this thought into things like accessibility and all of that. So you're without having to do much, you're just like articulating exactly what you did in a different way, or you're just like showing it. In, in, a different, if a dif- in a different way, but it's a way that's going to help you to stand out in the application process. And again, nobody else is doing it. So this was one of the tricks that I did every job that I've applied for, but specifically to Netflix with my, all my thank you messages were videos, personalized videos. I love that. Like, wow, that's fire. Because I would always tell people, I have a great personality. Like, I know it. I'm awesome. You might think it's conceited, but I am confident and I am proud of who I am. And I, and I tell people, like, if I just get that first interview, I'm golden. And I know it because I can sell myself. The problem is getting that interview. So I love this because I don't have to wait. I can record myself and my personality is going to shine through. So thank you so much for that. That's amazing, amazing <laughs> advice. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Hope it helps. Yeah, no, that was really wonderful. And Jesus, I, I want to ask, do you have like a podcast or like a <laughs> course? Because like, this is like so interesting. It was so valuable. And I would watch it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you are an egghead IO instructor. Do you have one of the yeah. yeah. egghead IO? <laughs> yeah. So the, the talk that I'm talking about is it's an egghead. It's on egghead. So if you go like search 
I'm very Googleable. There's no other Shande person in the world. So if you just Google me and say Shande person egghead, you'll find that talk. But that's called standing out as a non-traditional applicant. And it's actually funny that you mention a podcast because haven't announced it yet, but there will be something coming in the not too distant future. So um, yeah. <laughs> I can't explain too many details, but you've got the exclusive sneak peek okay. <laughs> right now. Well, I will have to also definitely follow you on Twitter so I don't miss that. Yeah. For it is. <laughs> Thank you. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's just my first name. Again, very Googleable. At Shandai, S-H-A-U-N-D-A-I for those listening. Oh, wow. That's that's very impressive to actually get, you know, your name and then like no other additional numbers on it. You must Literally, have been quick. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Beyonce. I'm like Jack. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just need that extra. What is it? The verified? Check oh, yeah. Right next yeah. to it. <laughs> I'll work on that too. That's that's my next, my next goal. <laughs> awesome. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs, and lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and, in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships, and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. As much as I would love to continue talking and hearing you, we are almost wrapping up on our hour here. So let's move on to the next part for our listeners. So you must know by now that it's picks. And I will start. And every time I say this, I keep forgetting to do a pick properly. So I'm always looking around my desk to see what I can find. And I guess uh, this would work. Let me just rub off the dust a little bit. This is a business card as a software engineer for myself. And I'm very proud of it, just for the fact that it's a, a legit business card. It's from the company that I work at and uh, they give them out to all their employees. And I don't know, it makes me feel very special because I feel like official, like I'm a software engineer. I don't know if to give them to you. So I have like a stack of them, but it's kind of like, I don't know, it makes me feel like I unlocked a achievement in my life. So that's my pick. <laughs> oh, I love that. You can just, uh, you know, whenever things open up and conferences start happening and you attend, just start passing them out. Like, you know, like candy. Like, <laughs> I don't have one yet. So I'm a, I'm a little sad, but you know, it'll happen. Even if I have to go to like Vista print and make it my own. So my pick is called Groove and they are silicone rings. Oh my goodness. There we go. I dropped my, my headphones. Okay. Yeah. So Groove silicone rings. What I love about these is they have a like lifetime warranty. So if you lose it, if you break it, I lost mine water skiing, messaged them and they replaced it. Like that's on me. I lost it. They replaced it for free. They were great. I mean, they're a little bit more expensive than the ones you get at Walmart. I think they're probably like between 30 and $40 though, but great options. They have discounts for those in the, the medical field. I believe teachers, military, they are having a Black Friday sale, like buy one, get one free. They always have crazy sales. They have collegiate. I think some other like, like sporting ones too. So really amazing when I'm not wearing my regular ring. That's what I wear hiking and it doesn't sweat. So highly recommend them. 
Yeah. yeah, the one that I was going to do for my pick was a book called Range by David Epstein, which we talked about a little bit. It's great for anybody who wants to understand how they can leverage a if, if you just feel like you've never fit into one one peg and you have very varied interests or if you're a career switcher or if you know a career switcher or if you just want to understand how you can use the different steps in your journey to benefit you in the next step. Another one is Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which is incredible. She's just an incredible woman and she shares a lot of her stories and the lessons that she's learned in those stories. But I said before we started this podcast, as we were riffing that, I got a new printer and it's a, a, a home printer that I'm really excited about because they have an app. And I didn't know that printers are so advanced. I didn't even know that I needed an app, but there's this H- HP NV 6000 and it has a little app where I can print things from my phone. And so someone sent me a FedEx label that I needed to send something back, sent it by email. And I literally just opened the email, press print. And it was printed and I could print things if I wasn't home, which I don't know if I'd ever need, but it's amazing. So (laughs) if you need a home printer, it's so cute and efficient. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And with that, we're going to be closing now. So as a reminder of our names and where you can find us, I am Maria Loza and you can find me using the handler at Twitter at this underscore underscore Maria. And I'm Daisy Nolan and you can find me on Twitter at Daisy underscore Nolan. And again, I'm Shonday Person. You can find me on Twitter at Shonday or anywhere at Shonday. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening and have, hopefully you have a great day today. Thank you. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit dot com to learn more.